1: A reading from Exodus 1 6 through 12. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong, so that the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom, and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves. And they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick. And in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. This is the word of the Lord.
0: So as we jump into the book of Exodus, we need a little bit of a background, but if you just look at that verse, the, the verses that were read there just a moment ago, what you can see is that these people were put into a position to where Pharaoh, those people in power, were overwhelming them, that they were oppressing them, they were, they were abusing them, and they were in a position where they were stuck. They didn't have a way out, and I would imagine that they felt hopeless at many times, And I would imagine they also felt helpless. And we as people can still feel those same ways today because we find ourselves in situations where we are stuck, where we don't see a way out, where we feel hopeless and where we feel helpless. As you consider how you may be feeling those ways in in your lives, there are basically two things, two categories of, of how you get into those situations. The first one would be where you find yourself Stuck because someone else has made decisions and put you in that position. It's through no fault of your own. You just find yourself overwhelmed at work because your boss is giving you more than it's humanly possible to do. Or you find yourself in a situation in a relationship where someone has done something to you that has hurt you. That you have done nothing to deserve it. Another way would be to be stuck would be that you're in that situation because of the choices that you have made, not the choices others have made but you find yourself, I'm in this situation because I made a bad choice. Or maybe you made a choice that was a good choice, but it just had consequences that you did not expect, and you find yourself stuck. Now, if you find yourself in the situation where someone else has put you in that position, you can find yourself stuck in another way. Not only are you in a position where someone has put you there, but you find yourself in a mental position of, this isn't fair. I don't deserve this. I didn't do anything for this. So, for the rest of the time, until you fix this problem, you're going to have this attitude that I'm a victim and that I didn't deserve this and that this is unjust and something I shouldn't have to deal with. And that can be toxic for your soul. If you find yourself in the position of I made bad choices and now I'm suffering the consequences of my choices, you can also take it a step further and become and stay stuck by thinking, why well, deserve this? I just deserve this for the rest of my life. I'm just, I made a choice. It's mine to deal with. I just got to deal with it. And you can just have a really toxic attitude as well because you feel like there's no hope. Either way, whether someone has put you in this compromised position or whether you've done it yourself or whether you just feel hopeless and helpless, what you need, even though those may be partial truths, that you do deserve it and that it's not fair, it's not the full truth. What you need is some good news good news that gives you hope and good news that gives you help you need good news that frees you from being stuck so that you can find freedom so whichever the case you're in no matter what kind of stuck you're in you have a choice to make and that choice will determine whether you stay stuck or whether you take your first step toward freedom so as we continue through tonight i want to ask you a question In what ways are you stuck in life? In what ways do you find yourself frustrated, hopeless, helpless? Maybe it's your attitude about work. Work stinks. I don't like work. I don't like going there. In fact, I dealt with this uh, a few nights ago. I got in the car to go drive Uber for a while, and I really did not want to go. And as I had a bad attitude for about, you know, five minutes, and it hit me, well, what would you tell your church people if they were going to work and they had a bad attitude? And I started telling myself what I would want you to know, that what you do is valuable, that what you do is important. And it, and it changed my scenario, and I used that opportunity to where I had a, a bad attitude to start worshiping God in how I took care of people in my car as I drove them around. And it shifted things for me, and it turned out to be a wonderful night. What about school? School's starting back, right? Amen. Woo! Everybody's excited. The parents are, right? <laughs> the kids are maybe excited. But, you know, we can have bad attitudes about at school as well. Like, I don't want to go. Can't wait to do homework. What, I mean, I I'm, don't want to do homework. And you may, if you can't wait to do homework, God bless you. And that's great. It's a good attitude to have but maybe you feel stuck in school. Maybe you feel stuck with health issues. Maybe you have a a neck that just won't get that crick out of it. Maybe your knee hurts. Maybe you have pains. Maybe you're having weight issues that you just can't seem to, to get over, whatever it is. Maybe you're having relationship issues that you just find no peace in your relationships. Maybe your kids just aren't acting correctly. Maybe you're not close to your spouse. Maybe you're really wanting a spouse and you don't have that relationship. What about your finances? Maybe you're in debt and you keep trying to get out and you just feel like you're getting further and further. Maybe you just can't get ahead. Whatever it is, whatever you're stuck in, tonight I believe you can take your next step forward. As we consider the verses that we read, just a brief update on how we got to Exodus. Um, It said in the very first verse that and then Joseph died. Well, who is this Joseph. Joseph was, if you look at the book of Exodus, he's the last 15, 16 chapters of the first book of the Bible, and Joseph was the one God used to deliver God's people, the Israelites, uh, the people of Israel. He, He used Joseph to deliver them through a famine. He also used Joseph to deliver Egypt through a famine. So he interpreted dreams for the Pharaoh at that point, and they stored up all the grain, which was what saved them and gave them prosperity, and Egypt became a massive Country, a, a massive uh, power in their day because people would come and they would give their livestock for, for grain. And so they just kind of acquired a lot of power and goods during that time. And so Egypt was exalted and God's people was saved through this man named Joseph. And then we get to the book of Exodus. And it said in the very beginning that there was a new king who didn't know Joseph. He'd forgotten Joseph. He'd forgotten what God had done for him. And so, Joseph, if you go back to Genesis, he found himself stuck. If you remember his story, he was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery. They went back and told their dad Joseph was killed and had died. And he was sold into slavery and he advanced in, in prison. And then he was falsely accused. Um, by Potiphar's wife, a, a leader's wife, said that, she, that he tried to come on to her, and he didn't, and he was put in prison again, and then he was exalted again later for, exa- uh, for interpreting dreams. And so he found himself stuck over and over. And I want to encourage you, as, as that thought is, is expressed, Joseph didn't make bad decisions to get him stuck. Just because you find yourself stuck and frustrated doesn't mean that someone made a bad decision or you made a bad decision. Sometimes it's God's plan. And sometimes you can blossom and bloom right where you are, and God wants to do that through the situation you're going through. And Joseph had to have struggled with that at some point because he was doing everything right, yet these bad things kept happening to him over and over So at the end, uh, God reconciles Joseph with his brothers and his father and Israel moves to Egypt and they become a great nation over the course of many years and then we get to the book of Exodus. And Exodus is where we saw Joseph had died and all the generations had died and now there's a new Pharaoh, a new people, and they had forgotten all about Joseph. It's good to remember that as we read the book of Exodus, people think, oh, this is that story of Moses and he's the hero of Exodus. But it's good for us to remember that Exodus is not a story of Moses' heroism, but it's a story of God being the hero. God is the ultimate hero of the book of Exodus. And so it's good to remember that as we go forward. So now that they've forgotten who they are and they've done these things, they've forgotten Joseph and God, let's go forward. What will we do? What are you going to do? What am I going to do when we find ourselves stuck? Look with me uh, again in Exodus chapter 1, verses 8 and following. So Israel was stuck. They were oppressed by Egypt, and they were doing these things to them, heaping work upon them, and um, we'll go from there. Verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel, they're too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them or else they're going to multiply. And if war breaks out, they're going to join our enemies and fight against us, and they'll escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more Israel was oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. It's good for us to understand here that Pharaoh was stuck. Joseph had long been gone and the people of Israel remained there and now they were being oppressed and they were stuck. But Pharaoh was feeling the same thing. He was stuck in his own life. And he was fearful. And so in verse 13, they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly, there's that word again, ruthlessly made them work as slaves. So Pharaoh found himself stuck because he was fearful that the Israelites were going to become too great and they were going to to overtake their country. He had a lot to lose, and he saw a threat. We can identify with that in life, that if we have a lot to lose, and someone comes along and threatens it, we have a choice to make. And the first choice we can make when you feel stuck is the choice that Pharaoh made, and that's number one. If you want to follow along in your worship folder, there's an outline the first choice you can make is we rationalize. When you're stuck and you feel threatened and you're fearful, you can start to rationalize. And this doesn't mean that I want you to be irrational in your life the, to make thing, decisions that are just terrible and irrational. But what it means is, is a bad kind of rationalize, the kind where you compromise, the kind where you take matters into your own hands. And this is what Pharaoh did. He found himself stuck in fear. He was stuck in anxiety And he was trying to control the situation through his own means. So why was he doing that? Why do we feel the need to rationalize. And it's because of the same thing, that, that something is threatened in our lives. There's, there's the fear that we have of something going away that we love dearly. There's the fear of losing control. Now, this is a big one, that we, we desire to have control over the circumstances around our lives, which is why many times it's uh, appealing for you to be your own business owner, make your own hours, do these things, because there's this sense of control and uh, a way to, to do things for yourselves. But there's also this a threat of our pride being taken away. There's also arrogance that comes along with this, that we feel like we are the centerpiece of our lives, and so we rationalize because we are being threatened. And when we get stuck and we rationalize, then what we're doing is we're getting more stuck through more bad choices, we start to make choices that are, that are not healthy for us, not healthy for other people, and we find ourselves getting more stuck because what we do is the same thing that Pharaoh do, did. And here's what Pharaoh did. His whole problem started because he forgot. You ready? He forgot everything good that God had done for him and his country. You see, the Pharaoh that Joseph helped back in Genesis gave glory to God when it, when it was said and done. He's like, your God came through. And he really did a wonderful thing, and if it hadn't been for him, we would have died in the famine. We were not prepared for this, and he gave glory to God. But that's not what happened here with this Pharaoh. He grew up in this very prosperous land of plenty and power, and he was like, this is mine. I have to protect this. And he forgot what God had done for him. And I wonder how many times we feel that fear and anxiety and that arrogance in our lives because we have forgotten what God has done for us. We ignore the work of God. We forget what He has done and it leads us to rationalize and take matters into our own hands. Another thing that we can do is we deny the work of God. We can deny the Word of God that God tells us the truths of His life, uh, of, of, tells us His truths and we forget them. We deny them. We, we, we start to live as though they are not true. And so when we find ourselves in these fearful situations where we feel threatened or we're losing control and we're frustrated, the past faithfulness of God should be what dictates our future faithfulness to Him. We should look back and say, God, you were faithful then and I'm going to trust that you're faithful now and you will be faithful tomorrow for all of my tomorrows. When we doubt The now of God, the future that God has promised for us, we must remember the past and say, Lord, you did it for me then, you'll do it for me now and forever. We get into trouble when we start rationalizing because we forget what God has done for us. And you can be, this is the hopeful part of when you find yourself frustrated and stuck. You can absolutely be stuck and be fruitful. And you can be right where God wants you to be. Joseph was stuck in prison multiple times for many years. I mean, we read it, the story of Genesis. We can read the book of Genesis, the story of Joseph, in a couple hours. You know, just read it. But it took years and years. He was in prison. Years and years. We celebrate our sixth anniversary next week here at Connection Church. Isn't that wonderful? Next Sunday, our sixth anniversary And in some ways, it feels very short, but in some ways, it feels like a long time. There's been a lot of hills and valleys, right? Joseph was in prison at one point for 13 years straight. 13, that's more than double what we've been serving here in Astoria. You can be stuck and be fruitful and be right where God wants you to be. I want you to extend your timeline for your life. Our our culture has made... Just everything, we want instant gratification. We want results now. And we need to have a lifelong timeline for us that yes, it may take years for me to turn this thing around, but God is going to turn this around. God is going to be faithful in the future and I'm going to take my next step of faith. Even though I'm stuck right now, I know freedom is on the way. You can be stuck in your stuckness and you can be fruitful in the middle of your frustration and you can be right where God wants you to be. And I believe, no matter what your choices or no matter what other choices have been made for you, in this moment, you're right where God wants you to be because that's where you are. You're here, and so God wants you to be here, and he has a plan for you to go forward. And the choice we have to make is, are we going to rationalize and do things our way, or are we going to do what number two is? Number two on the list is this. We resist. We resist. So when we feel stuck, we can either rationalize and you know compromise and do the things that, that we think are best, or we can resist that temptation and we can remain faithful to what God says. When everything says to compromise, when everything says it's hopeless, resist and say no. My God is faithful. I do have hope, and I'm going to choose to turn to God instead of man. So if we remember the story of the midwives, actually, we haven't got to that point yet, so let's look back at the scripture. There's these, uh, a group of people that are the midwives. And so one of the things Pharaoh did when he started rationalizing, he made some bad choices, and he told the midwives to start doing some terrible things to the people of Israel. So look with me in verse 15 and following. It says, "Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pua. He says, "When you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, if it is a boy, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live." So the midwives are given a direct order from the king, and I would imagine it would be fair to say they felt stuck. Because they would not want to kill babies. But the king, the authority, the sovereign of the land is telling them, this is what you're going to do. And in verse 17 it says, But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. One of the commentaries that exposes this a little more is is, is really wonderful to help this verse pop a little more. But basically, the midwives made a choice when they had this command given to them. They feared God, they respected God more than they respected Pharaoh. They said, if we're going to disobey one of you, it's not going to be God. And we know that God would not want us to kill babies. And so they feared God, they reverenced Him, they honored Him more than they feared Pharaoh. So, in verse 18, we keep going. So, the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this? Why are you letting the male children live? I gave you a direct order. I told you what you were commanded to do. Why are you not obeying me? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are vigorous. And they give birth before the midwives come to them. Now, the women here who have given birth before are like, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I want to be a Hebrew woman, because those last few weeks of pregnancy are torture. <laughs> I want to give birth a little bit sooner, not too soon, but a little sooner. And they dealt with it, and so they said, "Pharaoh, uh, they said to Pharaoh, they, they're they're giving birth before we can do this." They honored God, and in verse twenty, we'll keep going here. Two more verses says. So God dealt well with the midwives. They made a very difficult decision. I mean we just skimmed through this really quickly, but I would imagine they felt the weight of their decision. There are going to be consequences, because we're not doing what Pharaoh tells us to do. We could lose our lives. We could be killed, because we see Pharaoh values his kingdom more than he values life, that he's going to kill babies. They were dealt with in honor by God because of their choice. And the people multiplied and they grew very strong. And in verse, verse 21, And because the midwives feared God, they reverenced God, God gave them families. He blessed them. And so they resisted and God blessed that. So the question I have for you today is what is it that's controlling you? Who's the Pharaoh in your life that you feel like you have to answer to? What are the demands that are being put on your life that you don't see an option for and you're just like, I got to do it because, you know, it's, th- it's commanded of me. But you know that it goes against the Word of God. What areas do you need to step out of in faith? What areas in your life do you need to declare victory over because you're living in defeat and you're thinking there's no hope and you're just in a rut, a cycle of sin even. That could be another way that we're, we're stuck, that I keep sinning, I keep falling to this sin over and over. It's just a cycle. I can't get unstuck. What area do you need to step out of from? Here's one of the things that you can look to to help you discern where you're stuck in life. What are the areas in life where you are frustrated? What are the things that are frustrating you? What are the things that you just, they just, they, they conquer you all the time? They're the buttons that are pushed and it makes you angry. The buttons that are pushed and they, they make you despondent or hopeless. They're the buttons that get pushed and, and they just cause you to doubt and just want to give up and say, forget it, you know, I've tried, it doesn't work. Those are the areas where you're stuck. Those are the ones where you need to quit doing things your way and realize that frustration is a warning light from God and it's an opportunity for you to take a step of faith in Him. This is your area. Ultimately, we see two people, two two kinds of people here, two scenarios, where we saw Pharaoh who felt stuck and we saw the midwives who felt stuck. The midwives trusted in God in their situation and they made the right choice. But Pharaoh seized control. He gripped the situation with his hand and he crushed the people around him and he said, I'm going to do this my way. But for us, we need to understand that the only way for us to get free from what we're stuck in is through Christ. And the way we find freedom through him is this. When Jesus found himself stuck in a situation where there was no good choice for him, he surrendered control instead of taking control. He surrendered control instead of taking control. In Luke chapter 22, verses 41, there's a picture of the the moments where Jesus is in the garden with his disciples and he knows what's looming before him. He knows that he's about to go to the cross and he knows that the cup of wrath, the judgment of God, the condemnation, the, the weight of your sin and my sin and the world's sin is going to be put on him. And he knows that this is going to be unlike anything the world has ever known before. And he's, he's stuck. And he, he says in verse 41, it, it's written, and he, Jesus, withdrew from them about a stone's throw. So just a a little ways from them, and he knelt down and he prayed. And he prayed to the Father and he said this, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. He didn't just say, please, 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 please. It was a very direct thing. Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, Not my will, but yours be done. And when he said that, there appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthening him. When Jesus was stuck and he saw no way out, he yielded to the Father and he said, Father, your will be done. He didn't deserve to be in that situation. And it was unfair for him to be in that situation because Jesus lived a sinless life. But when he yielded to the Father, then God showed his faithfulness to Jesus three days later when he said, Arise, my son. Come out of the tomb never to feel the sting of death again. There was a resurrection for him. And now because of that, because of the, the yielding, the surrendering control that Jesus did, because of the Father's faithfulness to, to resurrect Jesus from the dead, because of that, now you and I will always have hope no matter what situation we are in. Now because of that, you and I will always have help because no matter what situation we're in, we will always have help because of this. We will never, ever be without help or without hope because of what Christ has done for us. Christ has risen. He's at the right hand of God in full power, and he fills all those who are in Christ with the power of his Holy Spirit living within them. So you have a choice today. You have a choice. And you're going to have a choice tomorrow, and the day after that, and the day after that, for the rest of your lives, you're going to have a choice because you're going to face situations where you feel stuck. And you can either do like Pharaoh and seize control, or you can do like Jesus and surrender control. Look with me to finish up chapter 1 uh, Exodus chapter 1 verse 22. After the midwives had, to- had told Pharaoh that uh, you know they just give birth too fast, they're too quick for us, you know. Then he he doubled down. God blessed them and they multiplied and then Pharaoh comes back and he processes all this and he at this point has another choice. He can say, "You know what? That was a bad choice." Maybe I shouldn't have given an order to kill babies. Maybe it wasn't my best moment. But instead, in verse 22, this is what he does. It says, Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, not just the midwives, every son that is born to the Hebrews you shall cast into the Nile, the river, drown them but you shall let the daughter live because they can find value in the women. Women were not a threat to them. They were a property to them. He had an opportunity to reconsider and instead of pulling back and saying, you know what, I'm going to remember God, he doubled down and he says, I'm going to put even more on them. Pharaoh dug in deeper and he continued to turn from God. He continued to forget God and he said, My will be done. And for you and for me, I want you to hear this. It's time for you to remove the Pharaoh in your heart. There's a Pharaoh in all of our hearts that we have to remove that desires our will to be done. I want things to be done my way. I need to protect my family. I need to protect my people. I need to do this, and you may be your biggest enemy in your life right now because there is a Pharaoh in your heart that's on the throne, and you need to remove him from the throne and place Jesus on the throne of your heart and say, no, I am not the Lord of my life. I am not the Pharaoh. Jesus is my Lord. He is the King of all kings. So number one, internally you need to recognize that Jesus is Lord of your life. And the second thing you need to do is to fear God and reverence God more than you fear and reverence the Pharaohs of the world. Some of you think your problems are too big and there's no hope. You have forgotten that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Your problems aren't bigger than that. Your problems aren't too big for God. He has proven over and over that He can do miraculous things, that He can just pour out one ounce of His favor on your life, and He can change everything. You have forgotten the goodness of God. You have forgotten the power of God, and you are fearing things that are out there more than you are reverencing and honoring God, and you need to say, no, Jesus is not only Lord of my heart, but he is Lord of the world, and I will trust him even when it looks like there's no hope, because I know there is hope. Jesus surrendered control. He said, God's will be done. And that's our choice to make. We are to resist, to rationalize, and compromise, and we're to surrender control to Him because God is going to honor that. He's going to bless that. He's going to honor you when you make those choices. He's going to bless you. And He's proven over and over that He loves to pour out blessings on His children. So the question that we all have to wrestle with is when we are stuck, what are we going to do? Are we going to rationalize, or are we going to resist that and surrender our lives to Jesus? I pray that you would confess Jesus as Lord of your life and over all the circumstances in your life. That is the way forward. That's how you get unstuck. And that's what we're going to do today. Amen? Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for uh, the truth of your Scripture. Thank you for this encouraging um, text that reminds us of your faithfulness. Even in a world where terrible things were happening, Lord, there were people who stood up to, uh, to things that were wrong, and they said, no, we are going to honor you, we're going to reverence you, we're going to follow you no matter what happens. And so, Lord, I pray that, that you would cause us to be like the midwives, that we would fear you, reverence you, and, and worship you above all things. And I pray, God, that you would remove the Pharaohs from our hearts. And that we would have the strength, just like Jesus did when, we, when he prayed, not my will but yours be done, Lord. As we pray that, we claim the strength that your Holy Spirit gives to us that no matter what we're going through, no matter how stuck we are, we have hope and we have help and we are not alone. In Jesus' name, amen.